Welcome everybody to the Burning It Down Racing Podcast. This week we will talk about late race drama at Bristol, as well as what went down in the Xfinity Series race, and we will also preview all the events that will happen at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So obviously a lot of stuff happened this weekend at Bristol, a lot of storylines, a lot of intense racing, and I think the weekend was highlighted even though it was the first race of the weekend, but I think the weekend was highlighted with Chase Elliott's move on Logano, and in my opinion, I think it was a dirty move. Of course, if you dive the car down to the inside, you're going to say, oh, I got loose and got into you, but Bristol is high banking as it is, I think... Chase Elliott sent it in there, and with the intent of hitting Logano, putting him in the wall, because there's no way you just drive up the track like that, like getting loose. We've seen people get loose all week, and I think he just drove it, drove it in there really hard, and his move didn't work, so he blames it on getting loose. But uh, I feel bad for Logano, and uh, I don't know how you took the move, but uh, I definitely took it as him doing it on purpose, which short track race, and it's okay, but just not a good way to end the race. Yeah, you know, I think you can definitely take into account that maybe that was a dirty move. I do think that Chase, on purpose, did it to try to get the lead. I don't think he meant to wreck Joey Logano. I think it's just one of those things. It's hard racing there at the end. Um, The urgency is there for every driver, especially at these short tracks. And that seems to happen a lot with Joey Logano, that he just gets caught up at the worst times at these short tracks. But Chase Elliott has really made NASCAR, I would say, interesting to me, because it's almost like he's bringing back the old hard-nosed racing that we're used to, compared to, I think, Joey would have loved if Chase would have just let him go. Uh, And Chase isn't about that. Chase wants to win. He's hungry. But I do think Chase needs to learn from this experience and learn that, hey, next time it's really close, we're side by side. I don't need to try to slide job him going up. Yeah, totally. I uh, was going to disagree with you until you said that last part, that uh, Chase Elliott has shown that he's usually one of the more mature drivers out there as far as getting into little incidents here and there and kind of working off from it, but... I think Chase could have definitely uh, settled for second. You won the week before. Get second place in points instead of almost cost cost your race team a lot of money and a possible wreck. And you almost wrecked the rest of the field. You took a Logano out of there, which if uh, uh, Chase didn't make that move, I think Logano would have won the race. So I think Chase could have been a little smarter. Took into account the points and... uh, Got out of there with the second place finish, but nevertheless, racing for a uh, race win probably sounds uh, not as frustrating to us as it actually is. So moving into my opinion, I think it's time for A.J. Allmendinger to return full-time to NASCAR. But I don't think it should be in the Cup Series. I personally think it should be in the Xfinity Series. And I think he should do it for college racing. He raced for them last year, won a race. And this year, he raced at Bristol. 
the other night. He finished 10th, which was a really good run for him. I don't think he wanted to finish 10th. He had a better car than that, you know, but he, he had some issues. But personally, I think A.J. Allmendinger should come back and should drive for Colleg Racing. Uh, I think it would be great for him. And I think if he wanted to go back to Cup, it could help him if he got some more wins in and showed a lot of these teams that he is still very capable. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. A.J. Allmendinger is a really good personality to have. I uh, love watching him on uh, TV commentating some IndyCar races and some IMSA races, but his one win last year came at the Charlotte Roval, a road course in the playoffs, and I think it'd be cool to see him during like the July-August stretch in Xfinity and uh, see him run those road course races because I know he'd be a top dog every single week. But I think if we're going to see him run full-time anything, I'd love to see him in some IMSA sports cars. He's he's a road course racer. He's a road course ringer, always ran really good. Sonoma, Watkins Glen in his days in the Cup Series. I don't think uh, if he would come back, he'd come back to NASCAR. But I think from a fan's perspective, I'd love to see him race uh, some different cars, IMSA, and definitely some road course races in NASCAR. You know, I think it would be great for A.J. Allmendinger, but I do agree with you to the extent there. I think it would be fun to see him come back and drive all those road courses that they have at that one time. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just love A.J. Allmendinger. He's one of my favorites, and uh, I think it would be really cool to have him back and have him as a veteran presence. Uh, and I think he could be an Elliott Sadler kind of figure. Elliott Sadler never really had the greatest career uh, in the Cup Series, but then he moved to Xfinity, and uh, he raced really well and was one of the more consistent drivers. Yeah, I agree with that. Elliot Sadler is a uh, pretty good uh, similar uh, similar uh, driver to Jalmadigger as well as uh, like success wise. But we're gonna move into from our opinions to storylines of the race, and we talk about the Chase Logano. Uh, incident at Bristol earlier in the pod, but uh, I think Logano shouldn't have had to force an apology out of Chase Elliott. You, Chase Elliott's been a hot topic in NASCAR the past couple weeks. Incident with Kyle Busch, uh, almost winning at Charlotte, then winning at Charlotte, and then having a really fast car at Bristol, not winning the race because of an incident. But uh, Logano definitely shouldn't have, shouldn't have had to uh, force an apology at a chase because just let it be if chase really felt bad about it i feel like he would have come over there and it's better for the fans if there's not an apology like chase ellis got two guys right now that he's not really on good terms with so uh i'm really craving a rivalry in the sport we haven't had that in a really long time i just i want two guys to go out there and just hate each other every week so uh I don't know. It's probably going to be interesting to watch. I feel like Logano is definitely going to get some for, sort of uh, payback on him. But uh, I just wish they didn't apologize. I want, a, I want a rivalry so bad. Yeah, you know, talking about this apology, I mean, you talked about this before uh, we started recording. There was a point in that race when I rewatched it the day after where it looked like Joey Logano almost did the same move on Chase Elliott going into the turn that was about 25 to go in stage two. It almost looked kind of like a slide job, like Joey went into the turn uh, and overdrove it, and then it kind of got loose. So I, th I think there, Joey Logano needs to understand, too, uh, 
that he was in Chase's spot when he battled Gibbs after he left and with rivalries with Matt Kenseth at short tracks like Martinsville and when he spun out Martin Truex at Martinsville. So I think Joe Logano um, is very warranted to be mad, but I, I, I don't think there needs to be apology. They're both great racers, and uh, th- they need to, uh, instead of apologizing, let's take this to the track next week and see who's the better man. So, moving from the Cup Series back to the Xfinity Series once again, Tuesday, or Monday night, excuse me, was the night that Xfinity took the stage, and Noah Gragson would win the Xfinity race at Bristol, but it would come with another controversial pass on his teammate, and the number seven car, Justin Allgaier, late in the race, this would cause Justin Allgaier to get loose coming off the turn and hitting the wall pretty hard, and he could not get the car back up to competing position. It was too late for that. So my question for you, Josh, is do you think that Noah Gragson purposely meant to, because we could kind of see a little bit of a bump from Gragson to Allgaier, and do you think that pass by Gragson was a little bit more controversial than Chase's pass? Seems like the nine car was in a lot of hot water this weekend. Yeah, I think uh, both passes were really aggressive, and I couldn't say Gregson's pass was more aggressive than Chase's because I both think that they were both very aggressive and both not very smart. I think Noah Gregson definitely. Uh, no, uh, Justin Allgaier missed the bottom, so when Noah poked his nose in there, I was like, uh-oh, Noah's an aggressive racer. He's going to bump Allgaier up the track here because they're going to be racing hard. So I think Gragson's is more of a uh, competitive mood trying to get to the lead where because uh, we've seen Noah Gragson in the past. he This is only a second race win. He didn't perform too hot last year until the end, and he's got to win at Daytona. But now he's got one at Bristol. I think he's just a young guy trying to make his name, get up to the Cup Series, and doing whatever it takes, even if it uh, pushes a Xfinity Series veteran and a teammate up the track. So I, w- I would probably say Chase's is more aggressive than Noah's, but Noah's is definitely not the smartest move, especially on a teammate. Yeah, I really like Noah Gragson, and I think he's one of the future stars. But I do have to say it was pretty... Pretty sad to see Justin Allgaier have such a great car and then him get taken out. And that's been the story, really, for that seven car this whole year. Leads uh, Xfinity in stage wins and laps led, but he cannot close the door. And from that, I want to move into Notable Post, our next segment of the night. And something that was very interesting this morning when I went on my Instagram NASCAR had on their Instagram page that the Cup Series will return to Nashville Super Speedway in 2021. It's so great to see that Speedway get a race back. They've been trying so hard to get the Cup Series to come back, and it's finally happening. I'm really excited for this. But a comment that really struck me on this post was Anthony Alfredo, who was in the Xfinity Series, Uh, driving part-time in the 21 for RCR. He says he's so excited for this, but he wants an Xfinity race there too. 
So I think it would be great to have a full weekend of events back at Nashville Super Speedway. And it's really cool to see uh, this old speedway have life brought back to it. And it, and it got me really thinking, could NASCAR continue to do this with other speedways such as Rockingham and North Wilkesboro? Could they clean it up, send a crew in there? I think it'd be really fun to see some of these old speedways be brought back and get new life. What do you think, Josh? I don't think we're ever going to see tracks like North Wilkesboro or Rockingham get brought back just because of the shape they're in. But seeing Nashville Super Speedway come back next year, I'm thrilled. Um, I have really good... uh, I remember Kyle Busch uh, going there and winning, and he took the guitar that was a trophy and slammed it on the ground. I feel really bad for the trophy maker, guitar maker, whatever you want to call it there. But that's just like a really good like memory I have of that track and uh, the excitement that was shown there. So coming back to Nashville, where they have the awards now, I think it's a really hot market for racing. Even if it's a 40-minute drive from the city of Nashville, I think we're going to see a full crowd, even though it's 20,000 20, uh, capacity. They're going to see packed house, lots of fired up fans to get racing back in Nashville. And I hope we see an Xfinity race there too. Xfinity race or Xfinity series is probably my favorite series in NASCAR right now. Simply just the fact that how hard those cars look to drive, they're sliding all over the place. You saw it at Darlington, Charlotte, and even Bristol. Those cars are hard to drive. In the cup cars, you have the big spoiler, lots of downforce, low horsepower. It's, I hate to say it, but it just seems more easy to drive where these Xfinity cars are all over the place uh, trying to find the most grip they can on the track. So I'd love to see an Xfinity race in Nashville, and I can't wait to see the Cup Series race. And you talk about memorable moments. Uh, NASCAR on NBC posted today the memorable moment of the preacher man that got up and uh, started praying and thank God for all the makes and models, the Toyotas, the Fords, the Dodges, and then continued by going and say, thank you, God, for my smoking hot wife. So, you know, it's just a great speedway, and there's so many great memories. Uh, and watching that video again today, brought back some of those memories and really, really made me laugh. For sure. I watched that too, and I thought it was really funny and uh, just glad to get back there, and especially in Nashville area, area that really needed a NASCAR race. You saw how many people were there last year for the awards. So cool to see them coming back to a big city in the South. But my post that I saw was uh, Adam Stern's tweet, I'm really, I'm all over his account on Monday mornings, all through Monday, trying to see the uh, the ratings for the races on Sunday. And this Bristol race was uh, two point, average 2.93 million viewers, which was up uh, 0.12, or 120,000 people over last year. I mean, now we're in a different situation than where we were. But it's the most watched race on uh, Fox Sports 1 since Sonoma 2017 and the most watched event on the channel since uh, Major League Baseball's American League Championship Series. So really cool to see ratings go up, especially coming off last Thursday's uh, really low ratings. It was the lowest uh, watched Cup Series race ever. So glad to see it bounce back. And I find the ratings really interesting and a lot of uh, good publicity around the tweet. You know, and you talked about 
the ratings going up? Well, our next segment, I think, is a big reason why these ratings are going up. you got a lot of these young guys, and that's going to lead us into Rookie Recap. And Josh, uh, so recap a little bit of the rookie finishers. It was another pretty strong week uh, for some rookies. Uh, some rookies didn't have that great of a week, but uh, tell us how they finished. Uh, we had Christopher Bell finish ninth, John Hunter Nemechek thirteenth, Quinn Half uh, finish in twenty seventh. Really good for that Starcom Racing team, and then unfortunately we had Cole Custer and uh, Tyler Reddick finish thirty fifth and thirty sixth respectively. I hated to see Custer and Reddick get into that wreck. Not only because my driver was in it, Alex Bowman, but also because I like seeing the young guys run up front, and they were running a. Uh, pretty well at Bristol, especially for their first time in a cup car. And uh, sad that they got taken out early because they definitely could have gotten top 10, top 15 finishes after all the mayhem at the end. You know, you said this, we talked about this before we started recording. On your other podcast, uh, you guys talked about front row racing. And John Hunter Nemechek has done an outstanding job with that car. I mean, it's up in the top 15 almost every week. And he was in the top 10 for points and times last night. He's getting stage points. Uh, that 38 car has been a long time since they've been competitive. Uh, not just at Super Speedways, but at every track. And uh, Christopher Bell, too, had a really good race. You know, he was up to third at a point in time. Uh, but, yeah, Cole Custer and Tyler Reddick. It's strange to see Tyler Reddick have such a bad performance. But uh, I'm sure they'll get back on the track. Although, I think Cole Custer's struggles will continue throughout the season. So, Reddick's been really hot lately. And I feel like a 36-place finish for him after a uh, string of really good finishes is really discouraging for that team. And he's a smart guy. He's a young guy, but I think he's very mature as a race car driver, so I feel like he'll take this finish, learn from it, and be really good when they go back to Bristol in the fall, the night race. I'm really excited for that. I've uh, been talking with some friends, and I think we're going to try to make the trip, which would be really fun. I always love the night race. I've only been once, I think, so seeing the something about concrete tracks at night just are really good. You see the light shine off the track, light shine off the car. It's just a really amazing view. Me and Ben were talking about it the other day, actually, in a, a night race at Dover. I think that'd be really good. How would you feel about that? Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. I love Dover, one of my favorite tracks. Um, it would be really cool to have it there at night uh, to see how different the track would be. It almost would be kind of like Darlington. So I think Dover at night would be really cool. And uh, NASCAR knows, and I think what is so great is that they appreciate the history of of short track racing. Um, and that's very important. Uh, we're going now to where some of the most entertaining races are super speedways, and we can never forget uh, where the history came from. But, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Dover at night um, would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm really upset that uh, Dover is losing a race uh, for the Nashville race. But I uh, wish they could have chosen another track that uh, – Deserves it. Cough, cough, Kentucky. But um, I'd wish we could see Dover on the schedule instead of uh, Kentucky or a track that doesn't deserve a cup race, in my opinion. But now we move on to mid-pack monologue, where we shine some light on some smaller teams and have their own race within the race. So I think we've talked about in the past couple of weeks, JTG 
has been really strong. Stenhouse looked really good until he got spun by Johnson uh, early in the race. And then uh, Ryan Priest uh, finished uh, 12th. He started back in the pack, and he hasn't shown as much speed as Stenhouse has shown, but I think Priest is... He's, he's won here before in the Modifieds. He's a really good short track racer, and that's why I think he lacks speed on some of those longer tracks. If he can uh, get up to pace on the big uh, intermediate cookie cutter and uh, super speedways, I think he'll be a really good driver, and JTG is in really good hands with Stenhouse and Priest. Yeah, you know, I was really excited to see Ricky Stenhouse run up front again. So close, he just seemed to wreck out there at the end. But man, Ricky Stenhouse, they're going to get that 47 car in the chase. I, I believe that uh, the playoffs will be calling calling their name. But a really good run for Timmy Hill this week. Uh, he finished 19th in that 66 car. That's probably one of their better finishes um, that they've had in a long time. Uh, that team definitely does not have the equipment, but... Timmy Hill is super talented. We saw that in the iRacing Series, 19th place finish. Bubba Wallace also had a top 10 finish. That was for Richard Petty Racing. Uh, but I want to switch up mid-pack this week, and I want to talk about Xfinity Series and how we had so many cars that normally don't run up front, run up front, such as Brandon Brown in the 68 car. Uh, that's normally the Coastal Carolina car. Uh, he ran up front. He finished 7th. Jeremy Clements in the 51 and 8th. Josh Williams in the 92 finished 9th. You've got B.J. McLeod 11th. Vinnie Miller 12th. And he ran up front for most of the night. And uh, Timmy Hill again, 14th. Jeffrey Earnhardt in 15th. So it was definitely a pretty good night for a lot of those low-budget teams. Both days were. And I think what is so great about Bristol is that if you can outlast a lot of these people, a lot of these other drivers, you can get through the wrecks, you can finish well. And Timmy Hill did that both nights. And a lot of those Xfinity guys that don't get a lot of attention ran up, ran well. And I think a lot of the eyes now of these teams that want to move to the future are moving back to the Xfinity series. Yeah, I'm pumped for Timmy Hill. Uh I've kind of rooted for him ever since his start. I don't know why. I've just kind of always liked him as a driver and a person. So seeing him do well, get a 19th place finish in the Cup Series, 14th in a Xfinity is really good for him, especially on the low-budget teams. For Xfinity, he drove for Hattori, the owner of the 16 truck in the Gander RVs and Outdoors Truck Series. But like you said, Brandon Brown up there, he's from Fredericksburg, which is uh, – little less than an hour from me so it's kind of cool to see uh these small guys hometown guys do really good josh williams up there uh someone who really struck me was bj mcleod he's a uh, he usually drives his own car the 78 vinnie miller drove that this week but he drove for johnny davis you've seen ross chastain come from there and pumphrey bj 11th place finish he's Never usually that far up front, but to have him finish there in his own car, finish right behind him, I think that's really cool for a uh, small team like that to be uh, putting in work and doing really well. And man, Jeffrey Earnhardt, 15th place finish. That pumps me up. Jeffrey Earnhardt's a good uh, family friend of mine. You know, he's uh, so long has not been given these opportunities. And now he's starting to get these opportunities. Opportunities. 
and he's starting to show people like, hey, I can drive. And, uh, you know, Joe Gibbs gave him those opportunities, uh, you know, and he's driving that uh, red zero car. But uh, Jeffrey in 15th, you know, he hung around 20th all night. And then all of a sudden there at the end just started picking up positions. So Jeffrey Earnhardt, that's a good run for him. And uh, hopefully he will get a big-time ride soon. That puts us into the fantasy segment where we're going to talk about who we think is the best start in your lineup. I think Jimmy Johnson this week. You've seen him be dominant at Atlanta. He's one of the best of all time. That He has the most wins there of all time. And he's hot right now. Some really solid finishes. He's coming off third at Bristol. I know he's pumped up about that. And in the weeks past, we've seen him show really good speed. Charlotte, Darlington, and... I think he's going to carry that into Atlanta, so I'm definitely putting him in my lineup, and uh, hopefully I can not finish last. Didn't finish last last week, so hoping for the same this week. Somebody I think you should put in your lineup this week, and it's very interesting pick for me, but I'm actually going to have two picks. But my first pick is Chris Busher. So Chris Busher finished ninth last year at Atlanta. But he's driving for JTG. Now he's with Roush. He had a top 10 finish in the Coke 600. So I think it's a good pick for him. You know, his, his average finish there is is pretty decent. And also, I think Matt Kenseth this week. Because the last couple times the 42 and Ganassi have gone to Atlanta. Uh, they almost won the race one year. Came in second. Kyle Larson last year led 142 laps. So I think the 42 car is always very good at Atlanta. So I think Matt Kenseth is a really good pick uh, this week as well. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Matt Kenseth, if I didn't pick Jimmy Johnson, he was definitely going to be my pick. But moving into burning it up, burning it down, we each come up with a stat for the upcoming race based upon last year's race at the track or the season in general. And uh, Bryson will pick burning it up if he thinks the number is going to be over than what's given, or burning it down if it's under. So, burning it up or burning it down, are we going to... We had five cautions in the race at Atlanta last year. Do you think we'll have uh, more or less this year? Or this race? I think we'll have more cautions. I think last year was a very out-of-the-blue kind of number. There wasn't many cautions, and there was a lot of green flag laps. So, I I think, um, you know, if you definitely look... And all these cards driving so aggressively lately, I think we'll have more than five cautions. I think we could have anywhere from six to ten, maybe even up to 15, but uh, hopefully not. Hopefully they can get this race in pretty quick, but I, I do think uh, there will be more than five cautions. Yeah, last year's race was really odd. I remember they came from Daytona, had this brand new package that they were going to unveil, and everybody waits so long for it, and they come to Atlanta and only bring half the package. It was a really weird uh, race, but it was also uh, last week of February. So now we're going to come in there uh, first weekend of June. It's going to be hot. Atlanta's usually always hot, especially in the February date. I remember people always call it Hot Atlanta because even in February, it's always burning up. So I think we're going to see hot track, hopefully some loose race cars, and we're going to see a lot of cautions. Yes, so my burning it up or burning it down is last year at Atlanta, the margin of victory was .218. Josh, do you think it will be closer this week, or do you think there will be a wider margin of victory? Burning it down. I think we're going to see a late race caution. 
and it's going to jump bunch everybody together. Everybody's going to be drafting. They're going to be all over the place, and we're going to see a very close finish. That's what I'm hoping. I think it's what's going to happen because I feel like we're going to get a lot of cautions, especially coming off 17 last weekend at uh, Bristol. So hoping we see a really uh, close gap between the leader and second place. So I'm going to be burning it down. So we're going to wrap up the show with our picks. Once again, Ben is not with us. He will be back next week, but he did send in his picks again. So we're going to start off with the truck series. And Ben's pick is Chase Elliott, the defending race winner who won at Charlotte. So I think Chase Elliott is a pretty good pick. My pick for the trucks, though, is going to be Johnny Sauter in that 13 Ford. I think Johnny Sauter, you know, he's a veteran of the sport. Uh, and you look at his average finish at Atlanta, which is second, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Johnny Sauter is just a great driver. He's a really good veteran. So I think Johnny Sauter is uh, a good pick. I think Zane Smith will bring home his first Truck Series victory this weekend. At Charlotte, he ended up finishing third, only finishing behind Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch, two of the best drivers in the sport right now. So I think Zane Smith, he's moved over to G uh, GMS, coming off a few rides for Junior Motorsports uh, last year. So I think he's pumped up off that third-place finish and ready to get back at it in Atlanta. Now we're going to move into Xfinity picks. Ben's Xfinity pick is Harrison Burton, and I think that's a good pick. Harrison Burton's been running up front all year. They keep bragging about how he's got one of the best average finishes, so Harrison Burton is Ben's Xfinity pick. My Xfinity pick for Atlanta is Daniel Hamrick in the number eight car. I think that he has shown that he has speed, and Daniel Hamrick will get his first win in all three major series. Daniel Hamrick. <laughs> Very bold pick. I, uh, I like that. Uh, junior Motorsports. There we go. Uh, I'm going to go with Austin Sendrick. He uh, almost beat Kyle Busch at Charlotte, got passed on the last lap, was running top five on uh, Monday when he got taken out on lap five. But uh, Austin Sendrick, I think he's going to uh, pull it off and get his first one of the season. I think that's a very bold pick there, but uh, I like it. I like it. So now we're going into cut picks. Ben's cut pick is the runner-up of the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 last year at Atlanta, Martin Truex Jr. You look at Martin Truex Jr., his average finish at Atlanta is third. My cut pick for Atlanta is Happy Harvick, Kevin Harvick. Uh, he finished fourth last year at this race. Uh, if you look at driver averages at Atlanta in recent races since February of 2018, Kevin Harvick's average finish in two races is second. So Kevin Harvick, I think, will win the race at Atlanta. I'm going to go Jimmy Johnson. I uh, mentioned him in fantasy, how he's been dominant in the past, uh, win leader at Atlanta, and... I think since he's been hot recently, I think he's going to be definitely one to watch, and I think we're going to see him in victory lane on Sunday. But that wraps it up for today. Thank you for listening to the Burning It Down Racing Podcast. We'll be back next week to recap everything that happens in Atlanta and preview a 
very interesting weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. We got Dale Jr. coming back and racing Xfinity. I'm pumped up for that. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.